0: Hey everybody, welcome today to Southside Online. My name is Jeff Williams. I'm the lead pastor here at Southside Church. I'm so thankful that you would join us today. And and um, just as we celebrate this weekend, our independence, and uh, just the 4th of July that's coming up this Tuesday, I pray that today would be a, a message that would challenge you in your faith and it would um, encourage you to take action in your relationship with Jesus Christ. And uh, today is a series that we are launching. It's called Foundations. It's about some foundational statements that we have as a church family. But uh, it's, it's things that I believe are foundational for any follower of Christ today. And I believe it's very applicable for the day and time in which we live. The Bible says in Psalm 11, verse number three, it says, if the foundations be destroyed what can the righteous do and i think that that is so prevalent today and so applicable today to the to the fabric of our society i don't know about you but but a lot of times i look at at what's going on in the world around me and uh, in our country and, and locally, and I, I wonder, can I make a difference? What can one person, even a pastor with a, with a microphone and a stage in a church, and how can, how can I make a difference in this world? And I don't know, I think about that with my family and my home, and, and just in the, 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 the whole fabric of society, how can my voice be used by God to make a difference? I think the question that is presented here, if the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do is one that a lot of people ask. God gives us his word, and he gives us his word for instruction and hope and life and and, uh, all kinds of different things that we can find there. But the stories of people that are written on the pages of this book are examples. They are examples of their faithfulness, their obedience, God's blessing and empowering in their life and using them in the day and time in which they live. Because I believe every generation has asked this question. Every generation has experienced this to some degree. And so how has God used them? Because the God that used them is the same God that wants to use us today. It's the same God that wants to work in us and allow us to be used in some way to make a difference for him. And so, so when we see that question, I want to say this. You were made with purpose. You were made with purpose and for purpose I believe that about me. I believe that about you. I believe that God, the creator, as described through his word, formed us in our mother's womb, breathed into our nostrils the breath of life, and we became living beings. He did that with purpose and for purpose because God has a purpose for each and every person on the planet. Now, whether you accept and receive that and live that out or not is as much about you as it is about him. And so that can only come, these things can only be realized and found through a personal relationship with God. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, I, I love this because Peter is speaking to, to the church. He's speaking to people like you and me that are asking the same question. How can I make a difference? How can little old me be used by God to do something this significant in this world that can even make a, just a small difference in this life? And, when, and and then I'm reading the guy that wrote this, and he was a fisherman that was, was, was just out having a bad night of fishing, and Jesus finds him and, 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 and gets in his boat, and they go fishing again, and they catch so many fish that the boat begins to sink, and then he calls and invites him to be a part, and through the ups and downs of life, here is Peter, nearing the end of his life, and he's speaking to people just like him, people just like you and me, and this is what he says, but you. But you, you are a chosen people. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. You are God's special possession. And he did that for you and in you so that You and I may declare the praises of him who called us out of darkness, out of sin, death, hell, and the grave. He called us out of darkness and into his marvelous light. It's not just about going to heaven one day. It's about living eternal life in the here and now, knowing that God has called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light and being able to share that with joy and enthusiasm. You see, the decision to believe in Jesus Christ immediately places you and I into a spiritual building program. Jesus said it in Matthew 7. He said, if you want to build a house, if you want to build a house that'll last, that'll withstand storms and difficult and trying times, you got to build it on the right kind of foundation. And if you build it on the right foundation, when the storms of life come and they beat upon your house, it will stay standing because it's built on the right thing The statement that we want to live by that we want to kind of base this thing around is, is, is simply this: God is worthy of our best." I'll tell you this, He may be worthy of it, but I wonder how many times it's, it's sad, probably the amount of number of times or days that I actually give God my best. But it doesn't change the fact that God is worthy of it. God is worthy of my best. I think a lot of times, though, I don't give God my best. I give God my leftovers. I, it's it's kind of like now I'm I'm kind of a consumer of leftovers. I don't mind that. There's I've kind of got that thing going on in my life. I was brought up in the generation where my grandpa- grandmother would tell me there are starving children in Africa. You need to clean your plate and uh, and so I do that a lot. And then if there's leftovers in our refrigerator, I consume them too. Okay, that may this that's one kind of thing. And leftovers sometimes taste really good because I guess all the things kind of simmer and sit down in it for a little bit, and I like on the next day but when it comes to my faith there's nothing good about giving God my leftovers I want to give God my best because God is preparing he has prepared a life for me he has prepared a plan and a purpose for me and he wants me to live that out mind that out live obey it and find it and experience it through a relationship with him and he wants the same for you And if I say that God is worthy of my best, how do I give it to him? I believe God wants to equip each and every one of you to be a part of an unstoppable movement of faith. But the question is, how do we do it? In Colossians 3, I believe we get the answer that is very applicable in our life. When When it comes to men and women and adults in our culture today that are followers of Jesus, I don't don't think it's going back to God is worthy of my best. I don't think it's a lack of wanting to give God our best. I think it's a lack of knowing how to give God our best. And so today, I want to kind of make this as simple and, and applicable as I can. How do we do it? If God's made me to be a part of an unstoppable movement of faith in this world, how do I do it? Number one, I would tell you to look up. In Colossians chapter 3, verse number 1, Paul wrote, so if you have been raised with Christ, in other words, if you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, and you've trusted that in your life, you've received his salvation by grace, if you have been raised with Christ, then Paul says, seek what is above. In other words, look up. Seek what is above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. He says, set your mind on what is above and not is not on what is on the earth. There's a version of the Bible that I'll read sometimes, and I like it because it, it, it kind of puts it in a little different um, uh, description. It's called The Message. It's a paraphrase of the Bible. It's written by a guy named Eugene Peterson, and this is what Eugene had to say. He said, so if you are serious about living this new resurrection life with Christ, it's a great way to start. Are you serious? Are you serious about living this new resurrection life with Christ? Why in heaven's name would we say yes to Jesus and accept his gift of salvation and not be willing to do what he's asked us to do? to declare the praises of him who called us out of darkness and into his wonderful light. Paul said if you're serious about living this new resurrection life with Christ, act like it. Act like it. (laughs) If you're serious about it, then act like it. He says pursue the things over which Christ presides. Don't shuffle along, eyes to the ground, absorbed with the things right in front of you. Don't walk around like this, focused on just the steps right here or the light that's right here with your eyes on the ground. He said, no, don't do that. Look up. Look up. And be alert to what is going on around Christ. That's where the action is. If you're serious about doing this thing, if you're serious about being a man of God, a woman of God, if you're having a family, if you want your family to be centered around God, then give God your best. Act like it. He says, look up. Look up and be alert to what is going on around Christ. That's where the action is. See things from his perspective. Here's a question. How can you experience real life without a serious pursuit of Jesus Christ? If the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? I mean, how can we experience real life without a serious pursuit of Jesus. Most people feel dissatisfied with their spiritual condition. Some are eager to run, but they don't know how to get started. Some attend church, but they get weary and burned out from living a busy or self-focused life. Some long for a taste of God's presence and power in their life, but they believe they're not qualified or gifted enough to be used by God. If you're serious about running this race and experiencing the power and presence of God in your life, then act like it. Look up. Number two, take it off. All right? Look up and then take it off. Well, what, am I, what is that supposed to mean? I mean, it's like, take it off. Here we go. What am I taking off, right? Colossians 3, Paul said, Therefore, put to death what belongs to your worldly nature. Paul says to take these things off. It's like clothing that you unbutton, that you take off, that you pull off, that you remove from your life. Or another way to say it is, Paul said, kill it. Kill it. He said, correct extremes with extremes. If you're going to follow the Lord Jesus Christ, if that's what you want to do, if you're serious about that, then act like it. Put feet to your faith. Colossians 3 to me is one of the most practical ways for us to see how to give God our best. A lot of times men want to know how to really, I mean, we, we talk about it, we, we preached about it on Father's Day. We talked about being a man's man, a God's man, a godly man. In our life, in our world, in our culture, in our homes. Ladies long for the same thing. How can I be a lady after God's own heart? A man after God's own heart? Because, I I mean, we can talk and preach all day long against identity and gender confusion and all of these different things, but, or we can present and talk about. God's plan for our life and how God wants the best for you. God desires the best for you. God desires to give the best to you, and his way is the best way. And so if I want to give God my best because he gave me his best, then this is what it looks like. you got to look up and see what he desires, and then you've got to start taking some things off. He said, put to death what belongs to your worldly nature. And he begins, you can group these things in about groups of three. He says sexual immorality and purity and lust. We talk about these things, we've got to go to the Bible to find God's description and definition for things that are holy. And and if we want to know what sexual morality is, then God will show us through his word what sexual immorality is he talks about impurity and things that, that, that are impure in this world and things that we've got to say no to and lust, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. When we, when we look at the things that are more sexual in nature, Paul said you got to kill it. you gotta, you, you, you got to take it off and you've got to put it to death. He says evil desires, greed, and idolatry they go together. It's the desire. Desire is not bad in my life. It's having desires, but but, but I want to I be able to have the right desires. I want to have desires that are moral, that are pure, that are good, instead of immoral, impure, or evil. Well, how do I know that? Where do I go to find that? Well, I've got to go see what God has to say about that. And you know, there's it's, it's It's looking at this and thinking, well, the same thing applies to my physical health. If I'm going to talk about spiritual health, let's look at it through physical health. If I want to be in shape, then I've got to eat right. I've got to drink right. I've got to live right. I've got to exercise. There are things that I have to do on a consistent basis to see positive improvement in my life and know that it didn't come on in a day and it's not going to come off in a day. Know that just because I make decisions to do these things, know that it takes time. Know that it takes work. Know that it takes effort. Know that it's going to take some ups and some downs, some highs and some lows. But if I'm consistent and serious in my pursuit of the Lord Jesus Christ, then God will help me deal with these things, the sexual immorality, the impurity, the lust, the evil desires, the greed, the idolatry. He said, why? Because of these, God's wrath comes on the disobedient. And I I don't want to experience God's wrath. I want to experience God's love. And so I don't want that to come on me and be disobedient. I want to be obedient to the faith, be serious to what God called me to do. And he says, and you once walked in these things. He said, you used to do that when you were living in them. You used to be that way. You don't have to be that way anymore. And he says, "But now you must also put away all the following: anger, wrath, malice." It's 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 a, it's a progression. Where I get angry. And then I I take that anger and I don't deal with it and so that anger becomes wrath where I I begin to think and conjure up ways that I'm going to get you back and then malice which is evil intent where I actually follow through with things and then I act them out. Slander and filthy language. Paul said don't lie to one another. He said you're to take and put off the old self with its practices he said and have put on the new self since you are being renewed in knowledge according to the image of your creator paul saying you got to look up put your eyes on the lord jesus christ take them off of the things around you tell you, if all I did was spend time on my phone and social media or or Twitter or news or just the the junk that's going on, if that's all I brought into my life, one, I'm going to be depressed. Two, I'm not going to be very optimistic. Three, I'm probably going to become a lot like it because that's all I'm consuming in my life. My eyes are down, focused on the things around me. Paul said, this is a whole different way of living life. Don't look down, look up. Look up. And when you look up, God begins to show you this new way of living life. And it means you got to get rid of some things. And that takes some time. Doesn't happen overnight. Don't think that just because you make a decision, it's gone. It's going to take some time. He said, you're being renewed. It takes a while. How can you and I expect to get the right results if we are filling our lives with the wrong things? If we want to give God our best, if we want to be equipped for this special uh, movement, this powerful movement that God is, I, I, that wants to, wants to do, how do we do it? We've got to look up. We've got to, we've got to take it off. We've got to put it on. There's some things we've got to take off, and there are some things we've got to put on. And, and it's really hard to understand the things that you've got to put on if you don't first see the things that are getting in the way. The sexual immorality, the impurity, the lust, the evil, the the evil desires, the greed, the idolatry, the anger, wrath, malice, the the filthy language, the lying, the slander, the things that get in the way, the things that muddy the waters, the things that cloud the vision. He said, you got to get rid of that stuff, man. You got to take it off so that you can put on these things. He says this, therefore, God's chosen ones, holy and loved, He says, put this on, take and put these clothes on. Put on heartfelt compassion, put on kindness, put on humility, gentleness, and patience. He gives eight qualities that you and I are supposed to need to put on in our life. And I, and I know a lot of guys that would probably look at this list and go, man, there's nothing sexy about that. There's nothing um, powerful about these things. A lot of people that, that, at least in the South, that want to be followers of Jesus Christ, that want to be true to their faith, they're not looking for ways that, that, that kind of demean them and put them down and, and make them feel like less of a man. They're like, man, I want to stand up. I want to do something. Okay, well, you want to do it? Let's do it the right way. Let's do it the right way because it's, it's, it's not about forming a militia and going st- to storm the capital and, and try to get things done that way. That's not the way to do that. That's not God's way to do it. And God's not saying for you and I to be weak. 1 Corinthians 16, Paul told us, he said, be alert. He said, stand firm in the faith, act like a man, be strong. I mean, when I read those kind of things, those things are emboldening me. I mean, they're challenging me. Be alert, stand firm in the faith, act like a man, be strong. And then he says this, and everything you do, do with love. That part kind of goes, you know, the first part's kind of, it's building you up like, yeah, but everything you do must be done in love. I kind of liken this to trying to teach a kid how to live and how to dress and how to behave. It's not always, it's not always cool, it's not always fun, it's not always all the things that you think it is. But you got to get some of these things off and remove the clutter in your life so that you can see that God's way is the best way. God said, put on heartfelt compassion heartfelt compassion it's a it's a constant attitude that makes us easy to live with it's a sympathy to those that are suffering or in need it's walking through your neighborhood and 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 being kind and 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 loving sympathetic to those that are around you to listen to be joyful and 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 excited and, and being able to share that and let that come out in your life and be able to look at someone in the eye and be able to help them in their need. Kindness. Kindness and humility. Humility is, is, is not thinking, it's not thinking less of yourself. Humility is thinking of yourself less. Being kind to people gentle gentle is a word that means power that is kept under control power that is harnessed is power that is, that is that is that is that is under control because whenever you and I are out of control God's not in that it's patience it's patience that doesn't lash out and lose its temper it stays under control And it responds rather than reacts. Where you accept one another and forgive one another if anyone has a complaint against another. Just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also do the same. He says, and above all, put on love the perfect bond of unity. Maybe the way we've described the Lord Jesus Christ does not make him look like much of a man's man. But that's exactly who and what he is. He was perfect in everything. And here we're we're learning from him and we're learning from the Apostle Paul He's a man's man. He was a man who had great power and influence. He was bold and passionate and strong and courageous. He was just using them in the wrong way until he met the Lord Jesus Christ and everything changed. Those those qualities and tendencies didn't go away. God just harnessed them and used them in a way that brought him glory. How do I get there? How do I experience these things? You got to look up. There's going to be some things that God's going to say, man, you got to get out of your life. You got to kill it. You got to take it off. Because I got some things I want you to put on. And the things that you put on, man, they're right. They're good. They're true. They lead you to be who I want you to be. I mean, how can we become more like Jesus without doing what his word tells us to do? If we're going to be serious about living this life, how can we do that without doing what he tells us to do? I got to look up. I got to take it off. I got to put it on. I got to tune in. I got to get the frequency right in my life. I got to tune into the right thing. And this is what I want to tune my life into. He says, let the peace of Christ to which you were called in one body control your hearts and be thankful. Billions and billions of dollars are spent every year in every age group in our country to, for on medication that help people find this one thing. Peace, anxiety, depression, all of these things. They just rule and they're rampant. And they're running crazy in people's lives. And people are dying for an answer. They're longing for an answer. And we've got it. We just got to tune it in. You just got to tune in to the right thing. And he said, let this peace let it control your hearts and be thankful. Question, how can we have real peace in our lives if we don't have peace with God? Well, how do I, how do I tune into peace? You got to look up. When you look up, you got you to take some things off so that you can put some things on And as I begin to put these things on in my life, compassion and kindness and humility, gentleness, patience, forbearance, forgiveness, and love, I put these things on in my life, something happens. The peace of God begins to flood my soul. When I look up, and I take it off, and I put it on, and I tune in, that's when I'm ready to pour it out. That's when I'm ready to pour something out for other people to experience. Paul said, let the message about Christ dwell richly among you. Does the message of Jesus Christ dwell richly among you? Can you tell it in your face? Can you tell it in your life? Can you tell it from your words? Can you tell it from your actions? He says, when the message about Christ dwells in you richly, you're teaching and building up one another in all wisdom. Pastor, I can never do that. No, you never do that as long as you're serious about it. I mean, I could never teach the Bible. Why can't you teach the Bible? I mean, I don't understand the Bible. Well, why don't you understand the Bible? Do you read the Bible? How serious are you about a relationship with Jesus Christ? If you're serious about it, act like it. Look up. Let God show you some things in your life that shouldn't be there. Get it out so that he can replace it with things that help you so that you can experience the peace of God and then you can pour it out in somebody's life. Teach and build up one another. Sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your heart to God. He's talking about pouring this out in your life. And then he says this, and let the word of Christ have the run of the house he says, give it plenty of room in your lives. instruct and direct one another using good and common sense and sing. Sing your heart out to God. Question today. How can we say we love God but live life completely independent of his word? How can we say that? How can we do that? How can we say we love God but we do nothing according to his word? Today. I believe to find the peace of God, we must confess our sin, claim God's forgiveness, and carry out God's Word. Confess our sin, claim God's forgiveness, and carry out His Word. See, if you want the best from God, then I believe you got to be willing to give the best to God. Every person can start someplace today. You can get up tomorrow morning and you can ask yourself this question. Am I willing to give God my best today? Am I going to give God my best today? It's a yes or no answer. At lunchtime, you can stop and you can evaluate where you are and say, am I giving God my best today? And you can make a midday course change if the answer is not what you want. When you lie your head down on your pillow at night, you can ask yourself this question, Did I give God my best today? And If the answer to that is yes, then sleep peacefully, knowing you did what God made you to do. If the answer to that is no, then sleep peacefully after you've confessed your sin and ask God for the grace to wake you up in the morning so that you can give Him your best that day. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, that's the place to start. Confess your sin to Him and call out to Him for salvation. You can do it just like this. If that's what you want to do today, pray this with me. Just say, Father God, I believe in You and I believe that You sent Your Son to be my Savior. Say to Jesus, Jesus, Forgive me for my sin by your grace and restore me to you. Say to him, Jesus, be the Lord and Savior of my life because I'm ready. I'm ready to follow you and I say yes to you today. Amen. If you prayed that with me today, let us know in the comment section. Reach out to us. Come and visit us at one of our two locations and and just see one of our pastors. Let us know, I made the decision to follow Jesus Christ. Help me get started. Get serious about it. Take action and let God's word go to work in your life. Have a great Sunday. God bless you.